Here it is, my friends. Next in line, podcast number 303. Again, I'm just going to be touching on something a little more personal, slightly political, uh, and something that affects millions of people and businesses and our economy. Should I say it? Yes. Student loan debt. Oh my gosh, this has been such a big thing for millions of people. And it definitely has an effect on me based on just my past. Uh, And like I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of people wanting a student loan debt cancellation. uh, And then the, the whole forgiveness thing and then the restructuring of the whole payment program. Uh, and then, the, uh, yeah, the forgiveness program, that's also a very big thing. And then there's everybody on the other side that's like, well, no, you borrowed the money, you owe the money, and then, you know, there's trillions of dollars in there. How is that going to affect our economy? Pros and cons. And here's the other thing. It's just been in the news for uh, since the pandemic, you know, because they froze payments. Uh, no one's made a student loan payment or is required to make a payment. It's been almost three years now. And that's a pretty long time. And uh, so the student loan payment pause has been increased. Uh, it has been paused seven times. So it would come to an end and then it got pushed back and it would come to an end and then it got pushed back and you know the president uh, right now. President Biden's talking about, oh, we're gonna we're gonna cancel ten thousand dollars of everybody's debt. Now, if you have a couple hundred thousand in student loan debt, that might not be a big deal. But you know, if you happen to have like sixteen thousand, that's kind of a big deal. Um, and then if you have Pell grants, you know, all this stuff. And then wh- what ends up happening is that a number of politicians filed a case against the president saying that this action is illegal. Uh, so what it did is it it created another extension on the, on the payment pause. So that's what took us to number seven. Uh, and then the Supreme Court is getting involved. Yes, indeed. And that's happening on the 28th. They're going to hear that case. Uh, and then no matter what happens... Uh, I think the latest the pause is going to go up to is like October, August of this year. And then that would give people like three years and a number of months of uh, no payment, no interest. And that's certainly a benefit through the pandemic and all that. I mean, there's no, uh, no doubt denying all that. Um, I listed in the... uh, in the resources in the show notes on my website, uh, there's a link you can go to to a past podcast, number 44, early podcast, about how I got into college, which is a great podcast because I got into Indiana University at that time on an affirmative action program. So I definitely did not have the GPA to get into Indiana University. But, uh, you know, my parents are immigrants. Uh, I qualified, and the next thing you know, I'm going to Indiana University and never took my SATs. So that in itself is a miracle. Uh, And then I transferred colleges. Uh, I I was just not doing that well at Indiana University. I took a little time off, and then I transferred colleges. 
uh, to the University of Washington. And I, again, did not have the GPA to get in there. All this is in podcast number 44. You, you definitely should give it a listen. Uh, but I filled out my application, and you know what? They put my application in the wrong pile, and they put my application in the acceptance pile, and then they sent me an acceptance letter, which I opened. It's so funny. I was waiting for it to show up. And I always heard that if you get a thick packet, you've basically been accepted. If you get a thin envelope, a thin packet, it basically means you were rejected. I got a thick one. I opened it up immediately, and uh, I was checking the mail every day, and I was so excited. I, I was looking at my acceptance letter into the University of Washington. Congratulations. You've been accepted into the University of Washington. And then about an hour later, I got a phone call from the admissions department at the University of Washington. And they're like, oh, hey, Alejandra, we're, uh, we needed to talk to you. We wanted to inform you that uh, there's been a slight error in your acceptance into the University of Washington. And I was feeling, I was like, well, not according to this letter. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you've received the letter and you opened it. And I was like, yes, as a matter of fact, I did receive it today and I opened it. I'm looking at it and it says I have been accepted into the University of Washington. And right at that moment, he said, okay, look, you need to come in here right away. You need to show up today. And I was living in Kent, Washington at the time. It's about a 45-minute drive uh, because there was some paperwork I had to fill out because they weren't supposed to accept me. But since I received the letter and I opened it, I'm glad I opened it when I got it, and I'm glad they didn't call a day earlier, uh, they have to accept me. That That's kind of the protocol. So yeah, I got into the University of Washington. Now, the story is much more elaborate. It's really worth a listen. But the main thing is, you know, I got into Indiana University on affirmative action. I got into the University of Washington on a mistake. I'm very grateful for my education. But in a very real way, you know, um, I had a really quality upbringing. You know, there were definitely hard times uh, my parents were immigrants. There were a lot of challenges. Uh, there wasn't a huge amount of money, but my parents took very good care of us. I have really no issues uh, about that. But my parents didn't really have a lot of money for college, uh, and I had to pay for it somehow. And back in the uh, early to mid-80s, they were given student loans out like hotcakes, man. And actually, there's a number of colleges that are in trouble now because of uh, like predatory loan giving uh, and really deceiving students. And, uh, you know, that's a whole part of this student loan, uh, th uh, this student loan thing that President Biden is trying to fix. That's one part of it, one program program. Uh, because a lot of colleges did a lot of very uncool things. I can't quite say if Indiana University was part of that, but I had no problem, like no problem, uh, getting an incredible amount of money in student loan debt on the promise that I would get a job and be able to pay it back. Uh, and even that's an issue because we're all 17, 18 years old. You know, there was not a lot of forewarning uh, there wasn't a lot of like financial awareness. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's what I could do. It's what I had access to. And, you know, it's when you're borrowing money, that's kind of the deal. And then the same thing at the University of Washington, I had to pay a year out of state. That was a huge amount of money. 
Um, and then I'm just, you know, basically I'm just borrowing more money, uh, more money on top of the money that I already borrowed. <clears throat> I'm in deferment, so I'm really not paying that much attention to it. Uh, and that went on, I don't know, for, I started college in 84, I took some time off, no, 87, uh, I went for three years, I took a year off, uh, then I slowly finished, I uh, finally graduated in 1993 from the University of Washington, it was a great place to go to college and a great place to uh, graduate and a great place to live, I have so many great stories about living in Seattle in the early 90s, just the place was so alive. Grunge was rocking. It was just an incredible time to be in Seattle. And I worked in the Pike Place Market. Uh, it was just, you know what? Phenom. Phenomenal. Um, but yes, I did accrue a fair amount of debt. Now, you know, I mean, all that was like 20 years ago now. Uh, and I've had the fortune of knowing a lot of international people. I have a number of international friends. I have friends that live in Finland and they're all, you know, their country pays for their education. And uh, nobody really is in debt in Finland for education at a very, at the basic level, like high school, college, and maybe even beyond that, you know, in Belgium's probably the same. I know the, the Netherlands are a lot like that. Um, but that's not the case here in the United States. Uh, you know, and especially if you're going to higher education, you know, like graduate school. I looked into graduate school for illustration. I got accepted, but it was like $28,000, you know, and then I'd have to borrow more money. And, uh, you know, some people are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And then the way they have the, the repayment program, you know, just people couldn't get jobs. And then the amount of money that they had to pay, people defaulted. Uh, I actually defaulted all my student loans a long time ago. It took me a long time to get that fixed and uh, start and, and basically pay that down. Um, I still have some student loan debt, so of course I'm hoping for the best for what comes on. Uh, and I say that after 20 years, but I did make a lot of mistakes and I ran for a long time and uh, I just, you know, I just did what I did. And then, you know, when my mom got sick and the economy crashed, I mean, what can a brother do? Uh, and I was working part-time anyways, anyways. My situation's not as bad as some people, but yeah, some people have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And then they have like the student loan repayment program where you can get on like income contingent. Uh, and then basically you're, it's just in a very real way. I was just reading this and they talk about it. Some people talk about it as uh, indentured servitude you're basically an indentured servant because you can never pay on the principal. You're, you can never pay on, yeah, the principal. You just pay interest. So in the long run on those programs, you, you just owe more and more money. And that goes on forever and ever. And yeah, they have these forgiveness programs if you work for the federal government or a nonprofit. And, but those have notoriously failed. And many people have put in their time, whether it's 10 years or 20 years or whatever, you know, and just to get their loan forgiven is just, it's been such a hassle. That's another thing that the president is trying to turn over, you know, uh, and it's really a big deal. I've been paying attention to it. I've been very grateful that I haven't had to make 
the payments that I need to make right now because of the pause. Uh, and I'm really hoping that things turn in my favor. We get the $10,000 released and then, you know, then I can, I can kind of move on with my life. Cause it's been, you know, it's been a pretty intense, uh, it's been a pretty intense 20 years financially. So, so to speak, kind of dealing with that pressure of student loan debt and at times, yeah, thinking I might not ever get out of it you know, just kind of based on how things are going. So I, I'm looking forward to a lot. I'm I, I'm paying attention to what's going on. Uh, and I'm really, you know, I'm really just watching this tug of war between, you know, should people do it or, you know, should we cancel all of the student loan debt? It's, it, you know, people, other people, some people are like, yes, of course, you know, and then globally, you know, people look at what's going on with our student our collegiate university system and how much we have to pay and how much debt we have. And other countries think it's just crazy. Uh, but it's the nature of America. Uh, there's ways around it. You don't have to, you don't have to go into debt. I mean, you can make it work different ways. I just, you know what? I just kind of wish I knew different things back then, but, uh, and then other people say it's going to destroy our economy. And then other people are like, oh, how can you, you know, forgive all that debt, trillions of dollars? Well, it happens. You know, I mean, we bailed out banks in the past and the government has given away equal amounts of money for other other things and have forgiven other things. And, you know, you could pay for a little less military stuff and, and pay off everyone's debt, you know, however you want to look at it. I, I'm not going one way or another. I'm just kind of watching what's going on and hoping it's beneficial for me after, you know, all the time I've been paying on my student loan debt. Uh, it would be nice to kind of be free from that, uh, to kind of close out this part of my life and really, you know, move forward to what's coming later in life, right? The second half of life, like, you know, third quarter, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. I'm 54, so however... You know, however, that's going to unfold. But yeah, you know, the student loan situation, it, it has hurt a lot of people. I know a lot of people I went to college with still paying for it. I know people that are my age just paying their student loan debt off. Uh, they've owed a lot of money. Some people are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You know, they got a law degree or they're medical student, you know, and, and uh you know, it just seems insurmountable. It just seems insurmountable. And uh, and then a lot of people just struggled with these uh, loan forgiveness, public service loan forgiveness programs and nonprofit loan forgiveness programs. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, in the past, it was very challenging for me, especially when I was about to default way back in the day, you know, just kind of running and being scared and hiding out and, uh thinking I was just going to fake my death and uh, start an underground circus in France. That was That's always been a lifelong dream, fake my death and start an underground circus of uh, human oddities in France. That'd be great. And then for a long time, I actually had somebody else's Social Security number. Like they, the Social Security Department gave me the wrong Social Security number. Uh, I could have just ran with that. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, the, the fear of debt is so compressing for some people and uh, it certainly was for me so it was nice to get a handle on that and get that restructured and kind of get that taken care of and 
you know, just been riding it out for a while. I have a stable job and, you know, hopefully things move in, you know, lean in my favor, lean in my favor. It would really help me out, you know, now because I, I take care of my mother. And as long as she's alive, I'm going to need to work. And that's, it's hard to say how long she's going to live. Could be a long time. So uh, if I'm able to get released or, you know, that, that, that 10,000, ah, just take care of things. And uh, then I can, I can just kind of work towards different things, you know, work towards different things. Okay, my friends. Uh, I just, you know what, I just wanted to share that because the Supreme Court hearing date is coming up on the 28th and a lot of people are freaking out. And, uh, this is a big thing in the news right now in America. And uh, it would be, yeah, it's, I, I'm just very interested for myself and for millions and millions of other student loan debt people. I'm very interested to see what the outcome will be. See, I told you, he's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets. <laughs>